1: I'm so happy to join with you today. I'm in the beautiful, beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina where spring is springing. Uh, It's a fantastic day and it's also a fantastic day because uh, today... I have my friend as my guest on uh, the broadcast today. I have uh, John Mundy, author John Mundy, joining us, and I'm going to introduce him in just a moment, but we're going to start off here with a prayer, just like we always do. So I'm going to invite you to place your hand on your heart. As I am doing it, we take this breath of love and gratitude. So grateful and so thankful for infinite wisdom, divine intelligence leading us and guiding us. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self. So grateful and so thankful to open ourselves to a new understanding of living a course of miracles. We're opening ourselves to a healing, a full release of the blocks to love. We are grateful and thankful to come together to remember our true nature is perfect love. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone, because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. We know it's done, and so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen and uh i am so uh just filled with love and light truly i am i'm feeling that and i'm so grateful to have uh, john mundy uh with us today and we're going to be talking about practicing the principles of a course in miracles john mundy as you may know uh is the author of numerous books uh he is A long, long time Course in Miracles students and his books are super helpful in helping us to live a life of love and transformation. And, uh, John's actually offering a class called Practicing the Presence, or rather Practicing the Principles of A Course in Miracles that starts this week on Thursday, May third, and um, Living a Course of Miracles, his book, Living a Course of Miracles, an essential guide to the classic text, is uh, the the textbook for the class that he'll be offering. And John, are you there? I am here. Yay! I love it when the technology works, and uh, (laughs) as we know, we've we've all had uh, challenges. (laughs) Yes, yes, and um, we'll get into some details about the class. uh, But you know, I'd love to ask you first, John. Your as. my listeners know uh, this radio show is called A Course in Miracles, and the subtitle is "Walking the Talk, Living the Love." And as you know, because you've known me for many years now, uh, I do the class series Living A Course in Miracles, and have the website Living A Course And what what you wrote, Living A Course in Miracles, in um, what year?
2: Uh, Twelve.
1: 2012. 2012. So what was it that precipitated this? What what was it that uh, uh, called you to write this particular book?
2: Well, I've been writing it for a long time in the back of my mind as it was with sermons um, mm. and lectures and stuff. And then I was asked. I was asked by um, Sterling Publishing of New York City, if I would produce just such a, a book for them, and I mean, who could, who could say no to having what you've been dreaming about being asked by a, Barnes and Noble's owns Sterling, so a major company. Uh, some they came to me; I didn't go to them, and that was wonderful. Yes, but I was I looked- ready to do it.
1: <laughs> uh, I can go imagine, ahead. and it's a very yeah. popular book a very helpful book because it does break down uh, what it means to really live a course in miracles and the class that you're offering practicing the principles of a course in miracles which it were you're using this beautiful book as the textbook pr- practicing the principles living the course it's it's all the same thing and yet, many people who study A Course in Miracles don't see that they're not living it. They don't see that they're not practicing the principles. What is the right. most common uh, kind of uh, block to living <clears throat> and practicing the Course that you you notice in, in people's lives? Sure.
2: The, the most common thing that I notice is the speed with which you can allow your peace of mind to be taken away from you. Mm. So uh, <clears throat> if you've really been doing the course for a while, something is going to happen. That's not going to take your peace away from you. That would otherwise be disturbing. Somebody upset, uh, cuts you up on the road. There's a silly, uh, simple illustration, but I was talking to a friend the other day and she kept using the word, still referring to somebody else kept saying something was rude and I thought oh, rude. That's interesting. You know that they jumped to that. They jumped. They jumped to seeing the problem. I'm not saying that somebody wasn't being rude to her, but it's that kind of a principle. When when you see it, you know when you say it upsets you, it makes you angry, it disturbs you. I and mean, we we literally talk about how things take the peace of mind away from us. Mm-hmm. There's one woman I've been doing some counseling with out in Texas who. uh became very upset with our president and just was going, I hate him, hate him, just hate him. And I said, don't let anything, this this is my basic teaching, I think, these days, is don't let anything take the peace of God away from you, mm-hmm. especially something in the world, especially something like politics or the way somebody else is behaving or you know, nothing like that should take the peace of God away from you. The Course The foundation which was set up to publish the Course in Miracles originally is the foundation for inner peace. That's what we want. We want inner peace. Can you think of anything more that you want than have inner peace? If you've got inner peace, then you've got a calm mind, a reasonable mind. You can approach your day evenly. Nothing is going to really disturb you. So the question, as I just said, is how quickly do I give my peace away? How quickly can it be taken away from me? And nothing should do it. There should be nothing on the news. should be nothing on television. There's nothing that somebody else says. Even if it's true or not true, it doesn't matter, because if you're letting it take the peace away from you, then you're letting it take the peace of God away from you.
1: That is so helpful. That is a great measure that we can all relate to. and. Sure. I I'm I'm really glad you brought up that word rude. I remember thinking about something the other day and thinking, um, oh, that something that I had done, uh, like oh that that could be rude. And mm. rude is one of those labels, right. and I have found that the ego loves to label.
2: Oh, of course. As a way
1: Absolutely. of segregating and separating, and all right. Yeah, so do we live without the word rude? How do you how do you do that?
2: Well, you become really conscious of and it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's well that's really true. You become more and more conscious of like you know, I have this one CD that I produce called "Word Passing: The Miracle Diet." It's my best-selling CD. I just got through ordering a second, another batch, of another second batch. I don't know how many batches I have ordered, but I just got through ordering a batch because I just did a little tour of the Midwest, and I sold out everything that I had on that particular one. It's only an hour, but it goes over all of the words that I suggest eliminating from your vocabulary. You know, Jesus in the Gospel says it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you, it will come out of your mouth that defiles you. Mm. And it's like we're spewing this stuff onto other people well nobody appreciates having that kind of stuff be spewed out onto them. And some words are such giveaways that it's like, for example, <clears throat> uh, quickly, words that indicate you know, that you've lost your balance, you're upset. Mm-hmm. See, the, real, the real question here is what? is that that is upset that's the real question the question behind everything because that that only an ego can get upset you know only, only an ego can have that problem and the major basic teaching of the course in America is this, you are not an ego that is not who you are you're not an ego you're a child of God and nothing can take the peace of God away from you I mean Jesus can go to the cross without having the peace of God taken away from him. so you mm-hmm. know he says of himself, it was a radical example. You know, we don't, we're we not being asked to be crucified. But in other ways, uh, we don't need to allow this kind of distraction. Another good word besides upset is uh, offended. Why, that's, that has to do with balance, too, which is you off the end. Why would anything offend you? Who is the you that is offended? Or other words, they're Like disappointed, who, who is who is disappointed? Who's the you that's disappointed? You, you, I have a lot of list of words <laughs> that are examples. Of, we see some of them flying around on the, on television. Another good <clears throat> set are, are all the name calling words. Anything that is stupid, idiotic, ridiculous, absurd, insane. Those are all just name calling. And when we get around to calling them "called," we certainly aren't loving each other. We aren't certainly seeing each other as the brothers and sisters that we really are. You know, the course is really clear that there's nobody out there, nobody out there that's not loved by God and needs to be loved by you too. Even in those cases where it looks like something pretty um, terrible has happened. You know, I have a friend. What's well, an interesting thing to say that I have a friend who's a serial killer. Um, and there's, he's in jail, of course, now and all that sort of stuff. But he, of course, when I was, first met him, he was not a serial killer. Um, and, uh, I got to know him on a different level. Um, uh, I could see that he was a bit disturbed in different ways. And he, of course, he never got acted out. And <laughs> during, we actually lived together in California back in the sixties. Wow. But. Yeah, he was my housemate for about 18 months. But he was really, it turns out, a really deeply disturbed, but partly because you have to think about, he saw his mother commit suicide when he was seven years old by jumping off the roof of their mansion in Scarsdale, New York. And when you look at the lives of... Those boys, for example, that did the Parkland shooting, the one that did the bombing in Boston, the one with the bombing in Boston, I was supposed to give a talk at a church on the Sunday after that occurred. And I think the bombing was on Tuesday. They found him on Thursday. It was big stuff in the news on Friday and Saturday. And then I went to this church, and I just, I don't know what I was going to talk about that morning, but I just scrapped the whole thing. Mm. And I talked about what I call the. T- I made the title of sermon "The Boy in the Boat," because they found him in a boat. You know, he was covered up in a boat in the back of a yard, mm. and he'd been wounded. He, uh, his brother had been killed. He'd killed nine people and wounded twenty some other people. And I said, "What's going on in this boy's mind?" You know, and and everybody hates him. Everybody hates him. It just you know they just want to kill him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because of what he did, but how? And then the real question is: But how does God see this boy? Right. How does God see him? God sees a wounded child, a terribly wounded child who is suffering greatly. Uh Uh, And that that went through, I think, for the Parkland one as well. When you look at the eyes of that boy after they after they caught him, It just completely. One thing that's interesting about these about was true for my friend, who's the. Bob, well, his name is Bob Dur, some people may know him, um, because he's been in the news a lot. But one of the universal characteristics that these folks have is that they're loners, and uh, they often have had not good childhoods at all. What I mean is like they didn't get the kind of love that you and I perhaps got from our parents when we were kids, the same thing I noticed was true. I watched a documentary on Prince, and I was talking how Prince was a loner, an absolute mm-hmm. loner. You know, he did it all himself, he made it all himself. And I heard Lady Gaga, interestingly enough, on a uh, television thing one day saying that the, the worst part of being famous was it was so isolating. You felt so alone at the top. <laughs> you didn't know that. The Course in Miracles says that. God created us, uh, and our whole purpose here is one of sharing every all of the relationship. And the greatest joy that we have, mine says, divine abstraction, which is an unnamed God, Divine abstraction takes joy in sharing, and we really do. If you want to, ha- you want to do something, you get together with friends to so do it. You know, mm-hmm. share with the people that are like-minded uh, that enjoy the same kind of activities that. That you do, you know. So, and I think even all of um, heaven is about relating. Actually, <laughs> it's about yes. the joy of sharing on yes. a deeper level. You know, so we're not not isolated. We're not broken off. It's the ones that are broken off and isolated that are, they're capable of killing other people because they don't relate. They don't have the connection. They don't have the heart. The, don't have the love there that would keep them that keeps them from doing that and they're also very selfish and my friend was very selfish and i realized that mm. later on right mm. yeah so that's it's pretty deep psychology here but yes it's really it, yeah, it's really looking we're, we're here to help each other we're here to give you do a tremendous amount of that and you do a tremendous well you do. You know, I know you do a tremendous amount of helping other people and and helping them to to wake up and to be able to to share on a deeper level themselves. So
1: well, it's yeah. it's thrilling to me. There's nothing more thrilling than this journey of waking up and mm-hmm. uh I uh I just John, I'm, I just finished a retreat called "Stop Playing Small," and I'm just starting my spiritual counseling training intensive uh, mm-hmm. here in North Carolina. And mm-hmm. and I know you and I are talking about doing uh, some teacher training classes. We're right. looking for a venue to do it this summer, uh, right. training folks to uh, in in spiritual writing inspiration, spiritual inspiration, Mm -hmm. in uh, teaching workshops, creating workshops, leading workshops, and and also in uh, giving sermons and talks and spiritual talks. And I I love, as I know you do, supporting uh, people in sharing their gifts and talents because each one of us... Can support more and more people, and so I really like being able to support the people who are supporting the people. And mm. uh, going back to what you were saying before about uh, practicing the principles and li- really truly living the course, um, you, we were talking about looking at the labels and labeling, and for me, Being willing to just give up the labels. And sometimes I I might say, this is what it seems like. This is what the appearance is. But is that really what's happening? And is that what I'd like to affirm? Or is Mm -hmm. that just my interpretation? And um, so that's one of the big things that, uh, in terms of living a course in miracles and practicing the principles, how how do you recommend, John, that people begin to see that it's a dream, that it's an illusion. How do we really practice that?
2: Well, as the course says the purpose of the whole course is to remove the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. So if the purpose is to remove the block to the awareness of love's presence, then the love can come forth. So you got to look at the blocks. You become aware of what the blocks are. And just like the, what we are talking about a moment ago about the words, anything that is disturbing my peace, I, I, I get annoyance, anger of any kind, frustration of any kind. Whenever I see anything like that coming up, you, know, you want to stop right away and say, whoa, wait, where is this coming from? Do I really know to get... Do I really want to go there? There's actually a line in the Course in Miracles where it talks about that, and then it uses the phrase, go the other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. You know, I mean, literally go the other way. It's a sort of a reverse and walk your horses. <laughs> I, I only say that because that was what they used to say at the fairgrounds when I was a kid. Mm. And walk. Turn, the, turn the whole thing around. So if you're about to be angry at somebody, so let's uh, – take a primary relationship, a husband or a wife or a kid, you know, rather than doing that, how about going exactly in the opposite direction and find something loving that you can do, some loving expression that can come out of you instead of some angry, attacking, annoying. The the Course in Miracles says, it's interesting, do you know, it, it gives three uses that the ego makes of the body. And it's really interesting, and then I can tell you what the uses are for the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit sees the body as well. But the three uses—it's an app, it's, and that's interesting. It's an app. By app, I mean it's APP. So all you got to remember is the initials APP. So number one, it says the the the, the ego uses the body for attack. And we are really good at attack. I mean, we, we mm-hmm. know a lot about attack. I mean, just <laughs> politicians are attacking each other, constantly attacking each other. You know, it's like, who would want to be involved in, in that, you know, <laughs> when when yeah. the job is to be loving each other? how Are we going to be loving each other instead? But a short study of, of any history shows you that, uh, who was it, uh, Emerson said, the uh a study of history is just showing—it's just a study of one damn thing after the other, and it really is. It's just one damn thing after the other. And Emerson is not the only one that said that. Two or three people <laughs> attributed it to having said that. And not, surprised. I think Churchill is also credited of saying that. So, but that's what—that's what this planet is. Keep in mind the course. America says this is an insane world, and. Never underestimate the extent of its insanity. So it's really deep. We are slowly, I think, and I mean slowly waking up. I mean, as a as a as a humanity, we're slowly, you know, this this thing that happened this last year with uh, powerful men abusing their power and making are more aware of that, and then so that's a good sign because that's a sign that you know we, we know it can't, that can't be allowed anymore. But you know, we, it's really a slow go. I mean, it's amazing to think that 150 years ago, the black man was a slave in this country. And it mm-hmm. took us 100 years to get to the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which outlawed segregation. 100 mm-hmm. years after the Civil War. Do you know that next year, 1919, is the celebration of the anniversary of women's right to vote?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Isn't it remarkable that if it's only 100 years ago that we. You know, that mm-hmm. barrier was broken. But barriers mm-hmm. like that continue to be broken as we mature as a society, as we begin to actually love each other instead of continuing to find reasons to go to war, to fight each other. What do we go to war over? We go to war over concepts. We go to war over boundaries and borders and, and silly pieces of, you know, the earth. That's part of the earth belongs to me. Well, no... None of it belongs to anybody, <laughs> it only belongs to you for the, the 30 years before you die, and that's it. <laughs> and then somebody else he claims it belongs to them. I love the fact that American Indians never claimed to own anything. <laughs> yes. You know.
3: Hmm.
2: Did you, I don't know whether you saw the uh, f- series that was on last October on PBS on the civil war and not the civil war I I'm taking, no i it back i don't mean the civil war i mean the vietnamese war I did also not. by ken, ken burns
3: ah okay
2: and ken burns did the civil war he also did the vietnamese war well it was two hours a night for two weeks so that's 10 hours mm. of an, analyzing what happened and how it happened and just think about this: where We went all the way across the biggest ocean that there is. We killed 3.8 million Vietnamese and 58,000 American soldiers. And the more you watch the thing, the more you go, "What were we thinking?" You know, it's clearly we weren't thinking. You know, we just we we were, we were afraid. This is interesting. Isn't? We were afraid. We were afraid of a concept. We're afraid of an idea called communism. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no reason ever to be afraid of an idea that's not that's not true. By that I mean communism had a built-in implode in it. It was going to fall apart. It did fall apart. Look at the Berlin Wall. It comes a-tumbling down. You know, mm-hmm. Because we have to have free enterprise. People have got to be free. That's just a basic to the human spirit. So that will be what comes about with time. But so I, I meant I got into this by talking about a attack. You know, we just really um, that's the ego thing. It likes it's, it's kind of like it's got the the gun loaded and the hammer cocked, and it's just you say something wrong, and boy oh boy, bang! I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so I might as well finish the other two P's. Go ahead.
1: Okay, yes. No, finish the other two Ps.
2: The other two Ps. Okay, the second P is pleasure. So we use the body for the purposes of obtaining pleasure. Now, there's nothing wrong with pleasure, but there is a potential problem with pleasure, and the potential problem is that it's temporal by temporal i mean it's not eternal joy the course speaks of as being a state of of, a permanent it's it's eternal joy right but pleasure of as it's of the body it has to be repeated again so you eat and that tastes good and that was nice but now you've got to eat again or you drink and then but now you've got to drink again or you have sex but you have to have sex again so what happens, of course, is that we begin to overdo those things. So we we overeat. We never undereat, by the way. We, we never underdo any of these things. We never underspend. <laughs> we overspend. You know, we, we're over, we a lot of overage here.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so then we run into the possibility of an addiction. And once the addiction is there, <clears throat> then it becomes a, a struggle to break that. Uh, addiction process i'm working on starting to work on a whole new book now on the power of decision and 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 looking at how we get caught in negative choices and look how we can there's such a thing as positive addiction as well exercising is a positive addiction meditation is a positive addiction etc you want you just things to get the the motion going in the right direction and so that we really do feel better anyhow p is the second one and then the third one is also p and that's p stands for pride so we take pride in our dna our heritage our letters in front of our name letters behind our name <clears throat> whatever it is that we take pride in and that leads to the kind of ego aggrandizement where we become or think that we're something we're not. So I often say, I guarantee you, there are no reverends in heaven. <laughs> and there are no PhDs, there's no doctors, there's no captains or lieutenants, what would we need war people for in <laughs> a place like heaven? <laughs> heaven is a state of mind, by the way, of course. Is it's not. Don't, it's, so there are no streets, there are no cars. There are no. I once read a sermon <clears throat> that was written by an 18th century minister in england and he describes heaven as a place where there's beautiful horses and carriages (laughs) from an 18th century point of view right so anyhow that's the that's the app so we watch out for attack for pleasure and for pride
3: so helpful
1: Yes, in in a world where we live with apps, uh, (laughs) that's great. (laughs) Yeah, apps uh, are uh, a valuable part of all of our lives, or most of our lives, with our phones and our computers, and so, uh, yes, very helpful. You know, John, you started that by talking about um, removing the blocks to love, removing the blocks to our awareness of perfect love so what i notice um especially having just done this stop playing small retreat and and uh training spiritual counselors is that it's such a common thing for us in our human experience that many times we don't even wish to look at the block to Acknowledge the block, because mm-hmm. it seems as if the block is so big, it's like a huge mountain, and we're just a tiny little person, and so we we, we have no concept that we could actually even remove the block or let it go, and... Um,
2: oh, so that's why you want to Yeah,
1: charge. let's talk about this when we come back from the break, I'm hearing the oh, music... Okay. And uh, it's sure. time for us to go into our our break here. I'd like okay. to let everybody know that John Mundy's uh, Practicing the Presence class is a six week class. John's doing it on uh, video Zoom, and it starts on Thursday, May 3rd. And we'll talk about that when we come back from the break, too. But you can sign up for it at jenniferhadley.com or miraclesmagazine.com. And. You're listening to A Course in Miracles, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk on Unity Online Radio, and we'll be right back.
0: You've been listening to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk
1: Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley, and my guest today is author and Course in Miracles teacher, John Mundy, and we are talking about... Living A Course in Miracles, we're talking about practicing the principles of A Course in Miracles, and uh, John is preparing to offer a new class. He This is his first class on the Zoom platform, which I teach all my classes on Zoom now. I just love it. So it's a video platform where you can, if you wish, you can turn on your video camera and we can all see each other, though some people still like to uh, see everybody else but not themselves, and uh, that works too, but it's nice that we can really see each other. You'll be able to see John in the class. It's a six-part class called Practicing the Principles of A Course in Miracles, and um, it starts on Thursday, May 3rd, and you can register at jenniferhadley.com, livingacourseofmiracles.com, Miracles Magazine. .com and uh, is it MiraclesMagazine.org or .com?
2: .org, O-R-G, it's important.
1: Okay, .org. Yeah, and uh, John's also the publisher of Miracles Magazine, which is chock full of all kinds of uh, useful uh, articles, information, and support. And I've been telling people, people, John, that uh, this video class can then become part of their library of Course of Miracles mm-hmm. resources. And something that um, I don't think I've ever talked about on the radio broadcast is that the classes that I sponsor are, uh, we have a member site. So because people become a, a member of the site, it's a free membership, uh, then whether they're uh, participating in a free class or a paid class, all their access to the class is always there at the member site. If they don't remember how to log in, they can just ask us and we can tell them uh, what their login is or they can reset their password. But it's just great because sometimes, I know for me, I, I, I have bought many Downloads and audios and things like that in my life, where I don't remember how to access it anymore. I don't have clue number one, how to get at it. But with this member site, for years and years and years, all the things that we've done, people still have access to every single one of them. So I just wanted to let people know that they'll get the audios for your class, they'll get the videos for your class, and they'll get the transcripts for your class. So and. And they'll be part of that library at the member site. But of course, they can download everything onto their computers as well. And uh, do you want to say anything about the class before we go back to the question about blocks?
2: Well, it's, it's going to be a basic class in the sense that, you know, the first thing we'll do is talk a little bit about the history. Uh, I want people to introduce themselves. Um, and then we're going to, going to do the ABCs of the I mean, I'm going to provide. What is the Holy Spirit? Who's Jesus? Who's God? You know, sort of like a little, look, little bit of a look at the glossary. What is the etc.? And get clear on that. And then we'll start going into the metaphysics of the Course. And why is it that the Course says the, there is no world? And what, what does it mean when it says times of illusion? And why is it that uh, we're not, we are not who we think that we are, etc.? Hmm. Hmm. So,
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. I know people really ap- appreciate your offerings tremendously and uh, uh, your miracles in Manhattan and the videos that you've done about the text. Uh, it's You're so clear and concise and people can really uh, appreciate and see beyond sometimes the cryptic nature of, that sometimes we find in the course. So going back to blocks, when sure. when a person feels, maybe unconsciously, because I know this was a big sure. thing for me, uh, unconsciously I felt that my blocks were so big, so immovable, I, uh, there was no point in looking at them. Oh. What am I going to do? I'm just going to feel bad about myself. So when, the, <laughs> right? So why would I, no. better, better I should go have a cocktail than look at this mountainous block and say once again, oh yeah, you're a loser. So when we feel like that, how can we apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles to get the heck out of that place?
2: Well, I think the, the first thing is to don't look at it as a big block. By that I mean, just look at it as something that we can begin to chip away and we can begin to remove the, the parts that are annoying to us on a, a conscious level. You know, it's like, <clears throat> in the Leonardo da Vinci, or as Michael Engel was rather saying that uh, the whole thing was just to take away the part of, that wasn't David out of the marble block, and you'll get down to the self that's really there. So it, it does require work. You know, what might be a good thing to do, and the, before the break, we talked about how the ego uses the body, it might be good to talk just a little bit about how the Holy Spirit uses the body as a means of removing those blocks. So Mm. here's the way that the Holy Spirit sees the body. First of all, it sees the body, and there's no acronym for this, unfortunately, but there are letters that we can use that the letters are L-C-F-H, and I'll explain what those letters are. So the primary purpose of the body in the hands of the Holy Spirit is it as a learning device. That's the primary reason we have this thing. We're here to learn something. I think everybody feels as though yeah, we're here to learn. When I when I look out at an audience that I'm addressing, sometimes I'll think, Why are you all sitting here? (laughs) You know They're sitting there because they want to learn something. They want another insight. They want another idea, something that's going to enable them to to wake up a little bit more, to to go a little deeper into understanding, you know, how the heck we got here in the first place and how the heck we get out of here. So, L, it, this is a learning device. So, one thing health wise, uh, seeing how this is a learning device. <coughs> One of our first challenges is to keep this thing working uh, well, and to keep it working right so that it, it can be a good learning device. You can't. It's hard to learn trying to work with a, a, a body that doesn't work well, right? So mm-hmm. whatever that means, I mean, whether it's doing yoga, doing exercises, you know, watching what you eat, all those things, we don't need to go into that. It's obvious with the kinds of things you have to do to keep the mechanism itself. The brain is a computer. This is also a vehicle. It's a communication device. And that's what the, the second letter is for, the C. The second letter is C, and that stands for communication. So this is a, a learning device. The primary way we learn is through communication. That's what we're doing right now. We're communicating with each other about these ideas on this show. And if you read a book, you're looking at words, you're reading the course, you're reading another book, you're trying to gather information that will help you engage in the, the, the process of transformation that you need to engage in. Of course, you also need application. Mm-hmm. So it's really a matter of doing the course called having a little willingness, a little willingness to do what I'm asking you to do. Helen Schuchman once said to Jesus... Uh, You know, this stuff isn't working. And Jesus said, well, why don't you try it? (laughs) (laughs) Why why, why don't you do what I'm asking you to do so you can hear my voice even better? Because it does get better as you do it. It becomes clear. The fog is lifted. You understand exactly what you need to do as the fog is lifted. And as you come to have a clear insight... And that clarity of insight comes, by the way, through in, in one really important way, just by being responsible. I being a responsible. You know, that section, page four forty-eight from the Course in Miracles has got that little zinger on the second section there, which is called responsibility per Sight. I am responsible. I you mean, know, I am responsible for what I do. You know, I choose the feelings I experience. I decide upon the goal I would achieve. And the real clicker is the last line, which is, (laughs) you know, and and I accept responsibility for, you know, whatever comes my way. I'm I'm paraphrasing that, but that's what I got. So the LC, so communication is the way, if you want to heal a relationship with somebody else, what do you do? C, you engage in communication. A really, really quick story. Uh, one of the first times I went to Helen Shookman for counseling, uh, which was really the week after she had told me about the course. I met her almost two years before she told me about the course, but um, mm. I was in a relationship that wasn't working, and this woman started acting out, and she started calling at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning and just letting the phone ring to annoy me. And people were saying, oh, get a restraining order against her. She did a lot of the things. So I won't take the time to go into like throwing a cup of coffee in the guard's face at the door when he told her I wasn't in, things like that. Um, Helen, I'd only told her about this for a minute or two, and she, she would do this interesting thing when she wanted to make a point with me. She'd reach out and she'd tap my knee. She reached over and she'd just tap my knee with a finger and she says, the next time she calls, answer the phone. She needs your help. You need to talk Mm. to her. Mm. And and that night the phone rang and I answered it at two or three o'clock in the morning and we talked until daybreak. And forgiveness works and we're friends to this day. It's just remarkable how that (laughs) but that's communication. You've got to communicate. If you if shutting off communication Never works. That, 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 this kind of foolishness where I see one company says, okay, we're not going to send you invoices and diplomats anymore. Okay, well, we stop communicating with each other. That's not what we want to do. We want to be engaged in deeper levels of communication with each other because underneath we really do love each other if we could just see it. Mm-hmm. So see. So this is a learning device. The main thing we use it for is communication, whatever that means. But what we're communicating with is, is F, and F is forgiveness, and for all the forgiveness means, it just means letting it go. That's all it is, just letting it go. Do not make this an issue because you're going to hurt yourself. You, when you engage in forgiveness, you are the one who's free, and you're the one who's liberated. And then finally, H, and H is the goal, and the goal is healing. It's health. It's getting back to a healthy mind, a whole mind, a healed mind. And that's the process. So you just slowly start engaging in that process. And if you see a problem, A, realize that it's your responsibility to be dealing with it, whether it's losing weight, getting out of debt, whatever it is. (laughs) Nobody can do it but you. And 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 feel good about it. All
1: right. So. There. Yes. And and you know so much about healing because you have really you've, I, I almost want to say battled for your life. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> with the illness and. Yeah. Three times. So, yeah. So in being uh, deathly ill. Practicing the principles of a course of miracles with um, that kind of experience. What about what? What would be one useful thing if somebody is really uh, challenged on a physical uh, level? What What would you share with them?
2: Well, I believe you can get out of it because mm. you can get out of it. Uh, be do the practical kinds of things that you can find out on the internet that you can do. It's interesting how the, the course is the mind, the, the whole pr- purpose of the mind is, is to use for the purpose of healing. Minds can make us sick, or minds can make us well. And I have a good illustration of it. Um, my father had Alzheimer's, his sister had Alzheimer's. Uh, his cousin has all, had Alzheimer's. I mean, it's our, our family's riddled with it, right? And um, a friend who has the same heritage that I have, four years ago one said to me, aren't you afraid that you will get this? And I said no. And my friend said, well, she was deathly afraid of it. And mm. I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to say that today she has it. And uh, so far, I seem to be. I mean, I forget things, but um, I'm 75 years old, and, and <laughs> you know, I can't be writing these books and doing these lectures and stuff. And uh, another thing is just to keep that mind working in the right direction, you know. So it's where we put our belief whether we're going to be well and. W- w- how we're going to pursue that uh, reasonably logically as well as just also just believing that uh, I remember when i got when I had cancer um, one of my first thoughts was no <laughs> no this is in my script but it was in my script because I had it but interesting though for some reason I don't know why really but I never believed it was going to get me I just never believed. That, that it was just an annoyance, and it was an annoyance that lasted almost a year, but it went away, and it really went away. I don't think that that will, that will ever take me. Not that. Mm. <laughs> In the end, it'll be something else. Right.
1: Well, let me ask you, Do you, cause do you think it is in everybody's script that the possibility of complete healing or might um, might there be another script that's the highest possibility is not healing
2: well sure but, I mean you know I think in, in some instances uh, especially the the thing to do is to go I mean it, it mm-hmm. is the let go and mm-hmm. uh, to die. I mean, that's a healing too. I mean, <laughs> on the spiritual level, you, know, right. you get you get free of this. The, several times, the course actually refers to the body as a prison, and it's really good to be out of prison and out of the, out of the drama and and to another position where you can you know, just. And the bodies are very heavy. Even light bodies are very heavy. There are a lot to deal with. When I had, when I had encephalitis, which, although I don't know it, the doctors tell me that was the closest I got to dying. They, they mm. several, you, you do not know how lucky you were that you, you came out of that, and you came out of it whole. I mean, mm. you completely came back. Um, <laughs> the first day I was home from the hospital I couldn't eat I had lost 30 pounds you don't you, you when you lose a lot of weight you don't want to eat mm. I was watching my family eating chicken and I thought this is the silliest thing teeth are the weirdest things when you look at them and then I got to you got the whole digestive system and elimination process it's just we won't go there but <laughs> it's just a lot to have to deal with that's one of the reasons you want to keep it working good so it doesn't become an extra heavy thing to deal with, you know. Mm-hmm,
1: yes, yeah. yes. Right. Well, uh, as people can hear, there are so many powerful opportunities to apply the teachings of A Course in Miracles, the practical principles in a way that we're really living it that improves the quality of our lives, that improves our ability to experience the peace of God consistently. And uh, I know this is the most miraculous thing in my life is how much my relationships have improved and Mm how, I, I mean, I I just don't feel badly about myself anymore. That doesn't happen to go. me. Yeah. Of course yeah. Not. But I used to feel badly Funny. about myself many times a day. And so I and I never imagined that it was possible for me so this is why uh, like you I'm so interested in this practical application so I, I like to remind people that John's class starts on Thursday May 3rd but you can join at any point if you come in late you'll get the audio and video and transcript downloads And you you can uh, pick up uh, right then. And uh, I'm sure this class is going to be so valuable. It's going to be available for years to come. I also would like to have you mention that CD that you mentioned at the top of the broadcast. John, what was that called again?
2: It's called Word Fasting the Miracle Diet. It's about becoming very, very conscious of the things that come out of our mouth and then... Uh, Dropping. I have two sets of categories. One, words you can completely eliminate, just like you would eliminate sugar or something in your diet, and then others that you can eliminate, but you can cut back on the frequency with which they appear. Uh, it it's fun. I I keep seeing new things. I need to rewrite it, <laughs> redo it because it can, You know, what was an hour could now become an hour, <laughs> two hours. I mean, <laughs> right,
1: right, yeah, yeah beautiful. So and people can order that at miraclemagazine.org. Right. Okay, great. Uh so I I'd like to thank you for being on the show this week with me. Thank you, John, for all it's always your help. very uh, always a pleasure to have you on the broadcast. And um Next week, Tammy McKeeves is gonna be my guest right. and and that I'm looking forward to. We always have a lot of fun together and uh, I'd also like to say uh, just before we close out here that uh, we, uh, at, uh, jenniferhadley.com, livingacourseofmiracles.com, so grateful for the contributions that people make that make this radio broadcast possible and also that make it possible for us to, uh, give away the transcripts for free. So, uh, cause that, it's not free to have the broadcast transcribed, but because of the generous contributions and consistent tithing that people do, we're able to make all these transcripts available. And uh, we have so many people around the world from so many different countries that English is not their first language. It's a great gift to be able to support. Also, um, it's uh, extremely valuable to the people who are in the uh, deaf community and people who have mm, uh, hearing... Issues, so they're very grateful for that. And uh, some people don't even really like listening to the radio show; they just like reading it. So uh, we've got all kinds of fans of the transcripts, and I a big thank you to everyone who helps make that possible. I am going to say a prayer here to close us out, and I place my hand in my heart. So grateful and so thankful for the love of God that lives as our very life. We are the love of God. We are the peace of God. We are the joy of God. This is our true nature and we are grateful and thankful to see it and know it and feel it in our own heart and mind. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone. We let it be and so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you everybody. Have a great rest of your week.